Coming up this evening in Springfield is a presentation by the St. Louis College of Pharmacy. It's a great opportunity for you to be able to talk to pharmacy professionals uh, on a variety of issues. They're going to be talking about diversity in healthcare workspaces, the role of pharmacists in reducing the global burden of disease, and one topic that I know I have found at times a little confusing, even a little frustrating. I know many others have as well, and he's going to help us uh, understand it here on the air right now and then in more detail tonight uh, in this program at Bella Milano. Dr. Scott Misek is with us here from the St. Louis College of Pharmacy, joining us live on the line before he makes his way to Springfield. And thanks for being here with us. Great to have you on the program. Jim, thanks for having me. Well, uh, before we get started, I, I just want to have you explain, because I wasn't really aware that the St. Louis College of Pharmacy uh, did this sort of thing. What's the intent of having this kind of, a, I guess, a traveling roadshow almost to come into communities like Springfield and, and have these public discussions on issues like this? Well, I think there, there's a couple of reasons. First, it's to uh, have some outreach with uh, alumni from the St. Louis College of Pharmacy, and then it's also to show, you know, the research that's going on at the college, as you mentioned, across a number of different topics uh, for prospective students and just community members that might be interested in what we're doing here uh, from a research standpoint at the College of Pharmacy. I'm really glad you're having this discussion on anti- antibiotics uh, and the, the possibility of, of building up these sort of superbugs that are resistant to antibiotics, uh, because I know that I have uh, in, in the past been able to go to a doctor when I had, say, a case of bronchitis or something, feeling miserable, coughing, laryngitis, the whole works, and they prescribe an antibiotic, and it would feel like in a couple of days, wow, I'm so much better, this is great, this stuff, is it, it works, it's wonderful. Now I go to the doctor with the exact same problem, and I get told, yeah, we, we're not going to give you anything for it. This is not something we can treat with antibiotics. It's just going to have to kind of run its course, which has me, one, a little frustrated and kind of tearing my hair out. I mean, intellectually, I understand it, but I, I guess it, it did seem like those drugs worked before, and now I'm being told we're not going to do it. What, what's changed in, in the last few years? Yeah, I, that's a great question, and I think what's changed is we're starting to learn what's causing the symptoms that you presented with, with bronchitis, laryngitis. And as those uh, diagnostic technologies are evolving, we're learning that, you know, over 50% are really caused by viruses and not bacteria. And so that's why you hear the number that in up to 50% of patients that go to hospitals or even clinics, uh, antibiotics are inappropriately prescribed in about half that patient population. So what you've experienced is sort of that evolution of diagnostic technology, knowing that your symptoms will eventually get better and, you know, putting that at the same uh, level as the potential for antibiotic resistance if you overtreat. What's the harm in it? Like I said, I've, I've used antibiotics in the past and they seem to have worked and it seems like I got better quicker when I was using them. So if I take it and it doesn't work, I'm no worse off personally than, than if I uh, don't take anything at all. So what's the downside? Yeah, I'm going to give you a couple stats here, which I think are important. There's about 2 million people that are infected in this country with antibiotic-resistant in, in bacteria. Two million, means, you said. Two, two million. Okay. So that, that's on par with, um, you know, the opioid epidemic that we're faced with right now. So from, both from a public health perspective, we're talking about numbers that from an opioid epidemic that are presenting to the hospital, it's on par with the same number. And then from a death standpoint, there's about 25,000 deaths annually 
that are directly attributable to antibiotic resistance. So if you take a step back and say, how did this all happen? A lot of it is thought to have triggered from those inappropriate prescriptions. While you might have felt better, they could have had that double-edged sword and collateral damage of predisposing the development of resistance. Not that you would have had it, but the overuse sort of from a public health standpoint starts to promote antibiotic resistance. These these bugs, they're they're single celled organisms, but they can adapt and they and they figure out ways to work around what medical science has produced to combat them. Is that is that what's happening? Yeah, and that's an important thing. I think you bring up a good topic. Now, these bacteria are getting smarter, for lack of a better term. They're yeah. developing mechanisms to um, evade these antibiotics. But I think the important point is they're the antibiotics that you and I would get when we go to our community physician and we take a pill form antibiotic like right. we've all taken. There are antibiotics that are being developed, and a lot of the emphasis is on these antibiotics to treat these antibiotic-resistant infections, but they're, reserved, they're, they're mainly for hospitalized patients because they don't come as a pill. They come as an, an IV solution that we have to give. So it's not that we are out of antibiotics to treat these infections. It's just that you know, at that higher level of care. Talking with Dr. Scott Misig of the St. Louis College of Pharmacy, he's one of uh, three uh, experts who'll be speaking this evening in Springfield on various pharmaceutical issues, but we're focusing on on his particular area of discussion here. And um, you, you, you use the term, and, and, and I love it in this context, that the bacteria are becoming smarter. That's what the way we think of it. But, you know, obviously, we're, we're human beings. We've got a lot more brain cells and all other sorts of cells than they do. Why can't we stay a step ahead of them? You know, that's a great question. If you think about it uh, on that evolutionary platform, you'd think we'd be able to. But, um, you know, the mechanisms of resistance that these antibiotics have are, are quite complex. Um, and there, it's not just one mechanism. So you need to come up with new drugs that evade those mechanisms. The problem is that sometimes when you evade those mechanisms, the drugs that you create are toxic in and of themselves. So it's, uh, it's that risk versus benefit balance when you're developing these new antibiotics. And, um, you know, I think we are getting better at figuring out, you know, okay, this is why this bacteria has resistance, how can we uh, overcome that? And uh, we're seeing it right now at the hospital level. That'll soon filter down to the oral forms at the community level, too. Now, uh, how, how does this affect you as a, as a pharmacist? Uh, you, you are uh, an associate professor of pharmacy practice, so you're training the, the next generation of pharmacists. But isn't this something that's really more at the physician level? How, how do pharmacists factor into uh, this idea of over-prescribing or inappropriately prescribing or making sure we don't inappropriately prescribe? Yeah, I think there's a couple of, couple of ways. Hospital pharmacists, which I am, um, routinely interact with physicians, patients, other healthcare providers to think through the decision-making process um, because we're dealing with these antibiotic-resistant bacteria more commonly, say, than a community physician. Um, so we're at, at the front lines, not only helping to make those decisions with physicians, but also educating patients. When you move to the community, I think this is where the efforts are, are really uh, starting to take hold in that, one, it's education, not only of physicians, pharmacists have a role in that, but it's also the patients. Patients to recognize that the symptoms you have, like the bronchitis or the laryngitis, it's probably caused by a virus 
in the majority of time. So going to a physician and, you know, thinking you're going to get an antibiotic, as you experience, is something that is starting to go away. So that education is important. And then preventing infections. Pharmacists are on the front line of giving immunizations, whether it's for the flu or whether it's for other bacterial and viral infections, teaching about, you know, uh, hygiene, washing hands that prevents infection. Pharmacists in the community play a huge role. And then ultimately, this is the last thing, and, and we're just on the cutting edge of this, is all of our healthcare systems communicate, you know, be it in the community, be it the hospital with insurance providers, pharmacists will be at the front of having that information as well to have better conversations with the prescribing physician. You, you talked about the fact that the community is becoming more educated, and, it, and it's true. I, I have now sort of started to resign myself to the idea that if I were to go to the doctor with the symptoms that I've, I've gone for previously, I'm probably not getting a prescription directly for that. Is there a danger in that, and that people may just decide, uh, why even bother going to the doctor, when maybe they, in fact, should be seen? No, that, that's a great point. Much of my uh, research has been in sepsis, and... Oftentimes, an infection progresses to this life-threatening sepsis that's been in the news because patients don't receive care fast enough. So it's a balance there. And I think that is part of the communication with the pharmacist as well. You know, a pharmacist has a great deal of knowledge to prescribe symptomatic remedies, be it, uh, you know, things like Motrin or decongestants and that part of it. But it's also important for a pharmacist to say, okay, if your symptoms have not gotten better, say, by 24 hours or 48 hours, you know, maybe we're dealing with a bacterial infection, and that's where you need to see a physician. So, you know, it there is no magic time, um, but I think it's just that constant communication and education that uh, um, will help from preventing delays and seeing that care. So, you know, you're exactly right, and um, I wish I had a great response other than constant communication and attention to what's going on. You know, there's a lot more questions here, and I think I'll save them so that you can answer them at the uh, the presentation tonight. But I do have one more uh, question that I, I, I need to ask, which is, is there a danger in all of this uh, of actually getting to the point where we've created a superbug that, that really can't be stopped by, by any combination of medications. I mean, it sounds like the start of a Stephen King novel, but is that, is that something that's a, a plausible possibility in the future? I think there's a risk of that. There's no doubt about it. And um, if you look at the superbugs, so to speak, that you find in uh, the Mediterranean area or in Eastern Europe, um, they're, they're dealing with that. So not dissimilar from the viral type of infections that we've seen that we worry about coming to this country. There's no doubt about that. But the important thing, like I mentioned, uh, currently we are ahead of the curve with those uh, bacteria, and we do have antibiotics that can treat them. But it's certainly a risk down the line. Dr. Scott Misek with the St. Louis College of Pharmacy. And uh, the presentation is tonight, starts at 6.30 at Bella Milano, actually, which is a great place to have a presentation like this. Uh, good information and a good meal as well. Uh, and uh, you do ask people to, to sign up in advance, though, and they, they can still do that even though it's coming up in just a couple of hours? Yeah, that's right. They can go to uh, Stilcop, S-T-L-C-O-P 
Edu and then backslash Springfield IL, and it's free. You can register right there. They just want to know that you're coming so they can have enough chairs. That's uh, for St. Louis uh, College of Pharmacy, stlcop.edu, backslash Springfield IL. It gets underway at 6.30 this evening at Bella Milano, Dr. Scott Misek, and two other uh, of the faculty there at the St. Louis College of Pharmacy, again, talking about inclusion and diversity in the healthcare workplace and also the role of pharmacists in reducing the global burden of disease. A very interesting evening of discussion. Dr. Misek, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it this afternoon. Jim, thank you.